I am enough. I am more than equipped to handle whatever I am faced with today. No weapon formed against me shall prosper and everything that comes against me shall be condemned. I say that literally every day, even when it's hard, even when it's tough, I may have to dig a little deeper to pull it out, but I am equipped with everything that I need. Are you ready to reinvent your organization and create a workplace of the future? Welcome to the Optimized Workplace. My name is Fran Dean Bishop, and I'm the founder and CEO of Aerobody. Join me each week as I welcome innovators, A-listers, and trailblazers who will share their individual experiences with creating an optimized workplace. This podcast will inspire you to find new and unique ways of helping your organization thrive while providing an exceptional experience for your employees and nourishing their well-being. Ready to get started? Learn more at theoptimizedworkplace.co. Welcome to The Optimized Workplace. I'm your host, Fran Dean Bishop, where our discussions with influencers, experts, and innovators are helping transform the well-being and sustainability of today's workplaces and spaces. Today's interview is a year and a half in the making, y'all. I cannot believe. I'm so pumped because she's finally here, Chief Tiffany Wesley. She is a phenom. Just wait till you hear this bio. So Chief Wesley is a celebrated leader and trailblazer. She's a 29-year veteran of the Arlington County Fire Department, where she was the first African-American female to be promoted to the level of leadership in the department's 80-year history. Just let that land for a minute. 80 years first. Chief Wesley has held numerous leadership positions, most notably as the National Certified Bomb Technician, and also Bomb Commander and Station Commander for the largest and busiest firehouse in Arlington. Side note, y'all, you know that my husband is a firefighter in Arlington County, so I know it well and dearly. It's close to my heart, and it is an incredibly uh, busy uh, command station, as stated here, but also, you know, it's in the backdrop of the Pentagon. And if you all know, because of 9-11, what happened around that time, Arlington County is really a very prestigious um, command center when it comes to uh, fire and fire safety. So this is a phenom for sure. Chief Wesley is also married to her best friend, Eric Wesley, who is a captain in Arlington County Fire Department. And they have four beautiful children together whom all work in public safety and three beautiful grandchildren. So as a speaker and trainer, Tiffany ignites audiences all over the country presenting classes on leadership diversity, equity, and inclusion. Her most popular sessions are, I love this, get this title, Buddy to Boss, Leading with Integrity and Respect, and Imposter Syndrome. Will the real you please stand up? We got to wait to unpack that. That is so much. It's so fierce. So she is truly a woman on fire. She's an inspiration to men and women all over the country, including yours truly. And because of her transparency, her honesty, her story of determination, commitment, she is a woman to be reckoned with and a woman to listen to. She's a chief. She's a boss. She's a speaker. She's a trainer. She's a wife. She's a mom. She's an influencer and she's a leader. So without further ado, welcome Chief Wesley to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to do this interview with you. Well, we're excited to have you, as you can tell. (laughs) I'm I'm sure my audience is like, okay, Fran, enough already, enough already. (laughs) So, you know, I think your, your, your title says it well. I obviously your, your bio says it well. You've held numerous positions. You are in a position of influence 
and leadership. My husband has to call you chief. I get to call you Tiffany, which is really cool. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, you know, when you think about your career and this and the places and the spaces that you've been in and that you travel in, you know, I want to start off with, you know, what is it that keeps you guided and keeps you humble? Because you really, I mean, you touch so many areas and you're responsible for so much. Let's just start with that. So what keeps me humble is my faith. I am a woman of God and I rely on that um, daily, even to get through. Most of you, if you know anything about the fire service, the culture and male dominated, um, there are only 4% women in the entire fire service. So that in of itself, which I'm sure we'll get to in, in this interview, it's a lot going on, right? And so I have to keep myself in a space and be being a first. There's a, another whole layer to that, being a first, right? And so I do daily meditations. I do daily affirmations, um, just making sure that my mind is clear and making sure I don't come across and display any type of arrogance. Because at the end of the day, being a first, I want others to follow me, right? So I don't want it to look so hard that it it can't be done again or replicated. And so I believe in being humble and being transparent and sharing all of the things that I go through and experience will help someone else say, I can do that too. So Rich, I love all of that. When I think about our audience, so we have CEOs that listen, we have team leaders that listen, we have uh, entrepreneurs that listen, and we also have uh, businessmen and women who are just trying to get there, right? So when you roll back the decades of service and what you know led you to this position and this piece, what was it, do you think, in your mind that kept you driven on the goal? Because so often people have an idea as to where they want to go, but they, you know, they get lost or they get sidetracked, things come up and they lose their, their passion for it. What kept you you know, focused on your goal to be able to achieve so much. When I started, I had no intention of becoming a chief officer. The real start of the career was I needed a career, right? And so the more people kept telling me that um, I could not do it, I was too small. Um, how could I get a mail out of a burning building? It was just, I was met with so much opposition that it made me want to do the job even more. Um, and as I started to progress in my career, I was leading in a sense of whatever they say I can't do, I'm going to prove to them that I'm wrong. And in 2017, my first lady said, why do, you, why do you keep saying that? Why don't you change your narrative and prove yourself right? And so you'll hear, I'm sure, throughout this, this presentation that that's, that really is the start of the trajectory of my career, 2017, when I started to believe in myself. And believe that I was here for a reason and a purpose. And I stopped trying to prove everything to them and prove to myself that I deserve to be here and at whatever level I achieved. And so that's what has kept me going. Um, just that belief that it's a reason that I'm here, right? It's a reason that I started this career <laughs> and it's a reason that I'm continuing to um, progress in it. I think that is so huge that you you got that awakening and you know obviously you had mentors or people on the side of you that that saw that and said hey wake up because I think that happens a lot right we're so busy trying to prove something to somebody else 
And it's amazing how the power, like you just mentioned, came from the fact that, no, this is all about me. It's not about proving anything to anybody. Because at the end of the day, I'm reading this really interesting book. The name is escaping at, at the moment, but it's by the gentleman who started the um, real estate firm. It'll come back to me. Oh, it, 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 it's at the tip of my tongue. But he says, you know, what are the conversations you want to have from your rocking chair Ooh. when you're 80? I love That's that. Um, oh, it was right there. It'll come back. Um, what are those? Compass. Compass. Young guy, African-American. Uh, he has this fantastic book. And he talks about that. You know, what are those conversations? And the conversations are not about what are you trying to prove to somebody else? Mm-hmm. But what did I what did I do for myself? And what did I do for my family? And how mm-hmm. do I feel good about that, right? And so how does that keep you moving? So as you've moved through different, you know, elevations of your career, you've moved into different circles. Is there any one or two things that you had to keep reminding yourself of or keep saying to yourself or, you know, just keep, keep in mind as you moved. So absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> is there any one or two? I love affirmations. I've been doing affirmations with my children who are now grown. And, and to this day, I honestly, wow. I still wake up. And so my couple of my main ones are, I am enough. I am more than equipped to handle whatever I am faced with today. Um, and then my, my go-to is no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And everything that comes against me shall be condemned. Um, And that's, I say that literally every day. And it's just to remind me, whatever I'm faced with today, I am enough. And I have, I'm equipped with whatever I can handle, even when it's hard, even when it's tough. I may have to dig a little deeper to pull it out, but I am equipped with everything that I need. Yeah, I love that. What have you discovered? about yourself in that? I mean, obviously to me, I immediately hear resiliency, right? That's at the top of it. But what have you discovered about yourself in being able to do that and move and through different circles? Just that resiliency. You know, it's not that I'm sitting here um, that I haven't been met with opposition. And quite frankly, I'm being met with tremendous amount of opposition even today. But that resiliency, I know that I can bounce back. I know that I can pick myself up and if I can pick myself up, I can continue to to go on. And um, this is just, you know, we know that battles will come. We know that opposition will come. And so once we understand that, we can just say, OK, here it is. I'm ready. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm on this on this side, climbing up the hill. There's going to be a time when I want to be at the peak. Then there's a time when I'm going to be on the other side. And so once we understand the ebb and flows of life in and of mm-hmm. itself, it just makes it easier to, you know, pick yourself up and say, okay, here's here's one of those times. Get ready. You know, yep. you've been here before, right? Yeah. I love that wisdom. You don't look old enough to have that much wisdom. I know. But... That's good. I just started. <laughs> no, she started when she was two. She started right, when she was right. two. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I have a 32-year-old, so that should tell oh, you. Oh <laughs> my word. Oh my goodness. So you so you your career is how long now total? Twenty nine. I'm getting ready to start my 30th year in okay. October next month. Okay. Was there any groundwork that you did, preparatory work that you did before you entered the fire service? No. So I actually um, was going to school, going to college to be a chef. I wanted to do everything my big brother did. Oh, wow. And I was going for hotel restaurant management. 
And I got married. I eloped, got married, had my daughter who's now 32. So she is my reason why. Uh, you know, I talk about it all the time. She is the reason why I started the fire service because I needed a career. So there was no prep work other than once I failed the physical agility a couple of times, the prep work was I had to, you know, build up my upper body strength to be able to pass the, to get in. But yeah. there was no, I had never been in a firehouse before. I didn't know any firefighters. Mm-hmm. It was totally foreign. I had no idea what I was getting involved in. <laughs> well, you know, I think that's true in a lot of careers, right? Especially when you look at uh, and you're trying to be successful and trying to figure out the next step. And you answer the question that was my next, which, you know, what was your why? You know, having that your daughter there and having to look in her eyes every day and say, how am I going to provide for you? What's next for you? You got to figure it out. And yes. it sounds like to me, you just fell into a great place because you started to really enjoy and recognize your strength and ability in that role. But I think so often, you know, people get caught up in the the challenge of it. They forget the passion and mm-hmm. the why and understanding what your why is. Well, you tell us, you know, you speak to, to groups all the time, right? You do keynotes all the time. So what do you tell folks? What do you even tell um, firefighters that are in the trenches about helping them find their own why? And so I always tell people, you have to have a why. I always say that why has to make you, it has to be strong enough to make you cry, right? You can't just say my why today is I want a career, right? To me, that's not strong enough. Yeah. My why was truly my daughter. And so when the times were dismissive, I'm I'm just going to speak honestly and transparently. Yeah. The fire service culture is very dismissive, right? to African-Americans, to women alike. And so when those days became dismissive, I had to draw in and like you said, think about my daughter, think about why I started in this career. Um, I didn't have any idea that my children were following my path. And I actually was steering against that. But look at the beauty now. My daughter is now a uh, DC police department sergeant, right? And so- um, that just speaks to she, and she was there every step of the way. She saw the struggle, she saw the fight. Mm-hmm. And so now it's a beautiful relationship being able to, to put her up on the screen and say, this is my why. And she truly is. She's still my why. She is still the reason why I, I get up and continue mm-hmm. because now being able to share at the deeper level with her, what she's going through, what she's experiencing it makes it even more impactful, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. Public safety is public safety, police or fire. Absolutely. So, so you know, let's unpack that a little bit, because I, I think when you stand in the position of the first, uh, you've been through the hurdles, you know, you know what it takes, and you start to develop the muscles, like training the body. You start to develop the muscle, the mental acuity, um, the brain power to... Because you've seen the obstacles, so you're like, okay, this is a roadblock. I've seen this. I know how to navigate. Okay, I may have to tweak a little bit to get through it and get around it. But I think for those who are listening, who are trying to motivate motivate others, that's a whole another level of um, a, a task, ability, acuity, what have you. Because they're not made like you, right? And even if it's your child, they may not be made like you, especially if you're working with people. They're not. They're not, you know, part of your DNA. So what do you, you know, what are some of the principles that you live by in order to motivate others, not only to figure out their why, but move past the obstacles and the blockages that could really discourage them? Just understanding that everyone doesn't have that same drive or that same passion. So 
I always say meet each individual person where they are, whether it's a team, whether it's individually. And once you develop that relationship and rapport and have, you know, just honest conversations, I think it will help, you know, whether you're sharing your own affirmations with them, sharing different um, techniques in the fire service. Everyone may not jive with everyone else. That's just real. Right. Mm -hmm. So you may even have to tap in a friend, call a friend. Okay, I've been trying to to reach this. My passion is women. So I'll say you may say I've been trying to reach this young lady. But here's someone I think will better suit or better fit. Can you give her a call? So they're all different techniques to help someone get to that next level. Mm-hmm. Um, but it but it begins with relationships, quite honestly, in real conversation. Chief Wesley, to that point with regards to motivating others, I know with this you know new talk that you have on uh, imposter syndrome, will the real you stand up? I think that is a phenomenal, first of all, title, but it's probably packed full of opportunities for people to really learn how to get out of their own way. How do you, how do you, you know, guide people in that particular session that you offer? So imposter syndrome is something I'm so excited about teaching. Um, I've taught it about three times. I'll be presenting it on Saturday, but it all centers around that negative self-talk, right? So it may not have anything to do with outside influences. It's what we're telling ourselves. Right. So we're sitting there, we're we're looking around and we're saying, did I really deserve this promotion? Do I deserve to be in this room? Should I be at this table? So it's all this negative self-talk that simply at the end of the day is not true. Right. You deserve to be here. You are enough. (laughs) You are equipped. And so it's all about turning those negative statements around. And and speaking life into yourself, into your situation, right? So it's there's an internal facing and an external facing. So there is a part that that is the what you've heard, mm-hmm. um, even going back to childhood. And so I thought this part was really interesting when I was doing the research. Think about how if you have children, right? Think about how we label our, our young ladies. I know my daughter used to read books all the time. So she was my smart one. She was my bookworm versus my sons all played football and were all athletic. Mm-hmm. So imagine now that 30-year-old child that you've labeled as book smart. Now they're in a field like public safety. Now they're in a job like a firefighter. Now they have to use mechanics of their hands. And so she's already may already give the self talk and say, I'm I'm book smart. I can I can take the test. But when we go outside on the drill field, she's blocking herself out. Right. Yeah. On the contrast, you've told your son you can you can put together a car. You can do all these mechanical things. And now when it's time to him perform in the classroom. He doesn't think he's smart enough. And so I, I caution people. And that's why I like sharing this. Start now with your children. And it's not too late. You have to start speaking life and and stop giving these labels, right? We know our parents did it to us and then we turn around. So it's a, you know, it's a generational, right? right? Our parents did it to us. We do it to our children, but it is a time that we have to stop, right? Absolutely. Um, so where does it even come from? It comes, it can come from childhood. It can come from stereotypes in society. So there's so many things that give us that negative self-talk. 
How does imposter syndrome you feel like show up in in public safety or or service positions? As you kind of mentioned earlier, you know, there's such a uh, disparity when it comes to women, when it comes to minorities in something like the fire service. How do you feel like imposter syndrome shows up there? Oh, absolutely. Every every single day, depending on where you are, right? You could whether you're in a firehouse and you're the only female, whether you're the only Black female, only Black male, it can show up because you're sitting around. And if you're not having conversations, if that relationship and rapport has not been established, mm-hmm. you may not even realize that, that we're more similar than we are. You know, I always say that. Yeah. There are more similarities. But if you're not interested in learning who I am and I'm not, you know, because of that fear, mm-hmm. we don't talk. Now I'm sitting there and I'm the one that's iced out. It's my new word. I like to say iced out because <laughs> I'm sitting there feeling like I'm the one that's different. Yes, absolutely. And you do have to be open you, and you have Correct. to be open to learning and sharing and growing, um, at, you know, as you as you move through various circles. And you, it's not like you have to be best friends. I always tell people, you don't, it's not about being best friends. It's about really developing, I think, the skill set, emotional intelligence, not only Correct. to be likable, but to be a person that people want to come to have that empathetic ear, be a person that's like-minded. So I think you're absolutely right on that. So kind of as we round the corner a little bit on this conversation, I'm curious, I always like to ask my guests, you know, what are you excited about? We're moving into 2024 now, right? We're moving into another year. What are you most excited about as you think about your career? You've had this 30-year legacy. Now you're doing, you know, more keynotes, you're doing more speaking, you're doing more developing um, around the coaching. What are you most excited about as you enter into a new year? I am so excited to be able to say I'm getting ready to start my 30, 30th year. Like it just hit me last night when I was, that is huge. That is huge. In and anything sense. for 30 years for anything, but especially for anything. in your case, yes. But especially for an African-American female to last, and I do say last, in the male-dominated fire service, (laughs) that's huge. And so for me, I take confidence and, and I can stand up and be bold and courageous because I know there are a lot of people who are not able to stay in this career um, because of various reasons. And so I'm most excited about hitting that 30. I am excited. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm giving you an ex- air high five right, for those right, of you yes. are listening. I am excited to say I have options. Yes. You know, people, the the question I get asked probably daily, what's next? Obviously, fire chief would be the next is in line as far as um progressing up the ladder. Mm-hmm. But I'm proud to say that's I don't hang my hat on becoming a fire chief. Yeah. Right? It's so much yeah. more to Tiffany Wesley than being a fire chief. So I'm happy that I do have options. I can go out and speak. Um, I can present. I have such a passion for women. I have such a passion for helping everyone actually live their unapologetic self. Yeah. And and show up in at tables. I have this whole persona about sitting at the table. And I think it's because every room that I go into, I'm the only one. Even in my fire department now, 16, 17 chiefs, Mm -hmm. all white. I'm the only African-American, male or female. 
Mm. Um, and so sometimes that's a hard room to be in. Mm-hmm. Times I feel dismissed when I speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to share the real with people. I want, I need them to prepare for that. Yeah. You know, I didn't have anyone who, I don't, I don't want to say anyone because I've had mentors my entire career, mostly male, but I didn't have anyone that prepared me for those tables. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and nobody really can. And if they did, you probably wouldn't have done it. <laughs> right. You're right. <laughs> You're probably right. It can be incredibly intimidating. And, and it's not until you walk away from the table. It's like, oh, I had to do that, didn't I? But you have right. to do it so often. You don't even realize it anymore. You know, I'm, I'm sometimes talking to some of these younger women, men coming up now where the roadmap is so much easier, right? The doors yes. are so much more open. They're more so much more accessible. It's not even that they're open. It's like you have avenues of access. Like okay. when I started my business, there was no, you know, multiple lines of fintech opportunities to just to get money, to have people throw money at you to start capital, any of that craziness. It was none of that. It was like right. bootstrap it, figure it out, yep. reiterate and keep going. And I'm sure yes. with your career, it was the same thing, right? It's like, yes. okay, so you mm-hmm. don't want the job? We'll find somebody else. Like, yeah. okay, so dry your tears and keep moving. So mm-hmm. I think that's huge that you see that. But I think what's even better and even richer is the fact that you recognize I have to celebrate these 30 years. Because so yes. often I have a good, really good friend really, really good friend of mine. She's out in the Bay Area, San Francisco. And she always says, we're so busy achieving, mm-hmm. we never pause to celebrate. That's and so I true. think for Black women, especially, and anybody, minority, it's like when you're the first, it's like you're so busy trying to get to the next, stand still and celebrate. And you have a legacy of, of people in your family that you've mm-hmm. developed into this. And not only that, but now yourself. And I think about all the people, well, I just I'll tell you, around the kitchen table, you are highly lauded in my house. <laughs> I tell my you. husband, you got two bosses. You got a boss at work and a boss at home. <laughs> Thank <laughs> and you. And we're both black female. But it's, it's, so, it's so wonderful. I mean, you are. I mean, by the firefighters, particularly those of color in Arlington, I know you're highly lauded. I mean, they, they look, up to you. They respect you so much, but you've achieved so much that they look at, oh my goodness, look at what she's been able to do. And they already know. I think that men know, even though they don't necessarily readily say it, mm -hmm. I think men know how hard it is for women to have to, you know, achieve these things. They may not say it because some of them want to compete against us and they have to compete against us and we do beat them. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. But they recognize it is hard. And to see you be able to do that, I just want to let you know um, what I hear around the oh, table. Thank you. I do visit the firehouses. I do hear the backstories and it. you are very well appreciated and lauded for what you've done. So with all that said, um, you know, what, what is next? You know, you've talked about what you're excited about, but you know, what is the next journey or the next piece of the legacy puzzle? I'll put it that way that you'd like to develop. I'm not sure. I, I'm, I love presenting. I do. I love presenting, but then there is that, do I want to go to fire chief? You know, that's, it's so many people that are waiting, like you have to do it. You have to do it. (laughs) But, and that's why I say it is a great place to be. It's that sweet spot. I feel like I'm in. Yes. That's the next, I don't have to do it though. If you know, that's what you all are, are championing me to do. And I understand that that would help even more women understand that it can be done. But again, I'm not hanging my hat on that. That's not <laughs> something that I, you know, 
I do have a question though, and this is one of those dumb questions for somebody who's outside of your vortex and your universe. So like police chiefs, you know how police chiefs, like it being in the DMV, for those of you who don't, aren't in the DMV, you know, we've gotten chiefs, you know, we've had chiefs from Houston and LA and, you know, Chicago that come here and then they're recruited to do these big jobs like in the NFL or whatever, yes. or in, you know, MLB <laughs> or whatever. So with the fire department, is it similar that you could be recruited to become a fire chief? somewhere else or does it have to be here? Oh, no, absolutely. Um, In fact, I would prefer to go somewhere else. But, that you know, so people go other places all the time. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah, so it's very similar to police, yes. Okay. So um, one of the other things I, one of the other things I'm curious about is obviously because you're responsible for other people and keeping them well and fit, what is your favorite way to self-care or take care of yourself when it comes to your well-being? So I am, um, I don't want to go as far as say a nutritionist, but I do eat really well. Um, Mm -hmm. I try to eat clean. Um, I do exercise. I haven't exercised in in this week yet, (laughs) but I, so I understand that that's all part of your health, right? Eating clean. Um, I do believe that what you take in does cause, you know, different different things and challenges in your, um, in your body. So I try to eat clean. Um, at one time, little fun fact, I did do figure competitions. Did you really? Um, oh I did. Goodness. I did in 2017. I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> um, 2017, my son and I did it together. Um, oh, I love it. I love it. But just because that's part of my, my friend, right? Going out, taking a walk, going um, for a run. That's something to just re-energizes me and just keeps me in a in a place of you know peace out I'll say and it's needed you know so much going on in the world and at work you know you need those moments where you can just be be quiet and just you know mm -hmm. so if people wanted to find out for those who are listening would love to have you come in and uh, present that or present it to their company I know you as we kind of we're preparing for this. You, you've shared with me that you've presented for some pretty large, impressive co- corporations, y'all. Really impressive. <laughs> um, so buddy to boss, imposter syndrome. If folks wanted to learn more and find out how they could perhaps um, have you come in and, and do, handle that presentation or do it for a conference or what have you, how would they best get a hold of you? I am on social media. Um, Instagram is Tiffany Wesley and LinkedIn um, as Tiffany Wesley, and I am rebuilding my website as we speak. Okay. Um, and if you reach me by email, and the Tiffany is spelled T I F F A N Y E W E S L E Y at yahoo.com. And so I can be reached on any platform, but my website should be up by the end of this month. Fabulous. So we'll make sure we put that in the show notes, everyone, um, because I think that. Again, she's so incredible. Every time I talk to you, I, could, I realize I could talk to you for hours. Yes, you know, I just love you. Just exude so much grace. And thank you. I think just passion about what you do. But you're also, you're just so approachable. I yes. think that's probably why people in Arlington really, you know, they clamor to be in your space. I know Timothy always says whenever Chief Wesley's having something, everybody <laughs> wants to be there. Because you are. You're very gracious. Um, thank but you. At the same time, you're a boss. So I love it. <laughs> So thank you you all. Thank you so much, Chief Wesley, for being here. And thank you for having me. 
It's been a pleasure. And thank you all for tuning in to the Optimized Workplace. I'm your host, Fran Dean Bishop. And as I always say, it's many, that small, monumental moments in your life that make the biggest difference. Have a great day and stay well, everybody. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Optimized Workplace. For more insights and resources, visit theoptimizedworkplace.co. If you enjoyed this episode, please help spread the word and share with those who will enjoy it as well. See you soon.